0: Welcome to the fourth and final Rosie's House of Hockey mini-series, presented by Blue Shirts Breakaway, me and Greg. Today we have Mie Dench with us. Mie, say hello.
1: Hi, thanks so much for having me.
0: First question, why is there an O in your last name?
1: <laughs> uh, I've never been to figure that one out. It- uh, if you can tell me why there's an apostrophe there too. That would be that would be great. I, <laughs> I have no uh,
0: idea. During my research, I went on YouTube and uh, you know, when I was like, "How the hell do you say this?" Because I'm notoriously terrible at saying names, and it was like Dench and I was like, "That makes no fucking sense." <laughs> <'Cause> excuse my <laughs> language, like at all. I was like, just doesn't." I don't understand. How does that happen? But I'm, yeah, sh- I'm yeah. sure constantly well, you with get a first that
1: first name like me. I- yeah, yeah. With a first name like Mia, too, I'm just really set up for failure. So <laughs> I'm pretty used to it at this point.
0: What is the what is the most common thing you get you get called when people you introduce yourself?
1: Uh, probably probably like Mai um, <laughs> Doench, or actually actually more common is Odench. Odench. Um, <laughs> yeah, they they flip around the O and the D. <laughs>
0: yeah, the O is silent. Well, thank you for coming on Rosie's House of Hockey. I guess the way we'll start this podcast, other than pronouncing your name. It's talking about, you know, your beginnings of hockey and how you started playing the game. And take us through your, your sort of childhood growing up through playing hockey.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so I grew up in New York City and right. um, a little bit of an unusual story, not from, you know, Canada or Minnesota or something like that. But uh, the Rangers won the Cup in 94. And my brother, uh, who's five years older than me, he was five at the time and I was about six months old. Um, and so he saw it on TV and said, oh, you know, I want to do that. And, um, so I was watching him play from the point when i was I was six months old, um and you know wanted to wanted to do everything that he was doing, but you know better um, and uh, and so it just kind of went from there. My parents tried to peer pressure me into or rather parent pressure me into uh, figure skating, but uh, I was having none of it.
0: <laughs> well, well, good news. You probably did do it better than him. A <laughs> <By alive>. lot. <laughs>
1: uh, well, he, he, he might argue that, but, but I, think, I, I think I would agree with you.
0: Do you immediately go, how's your silver medal?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly.
2: Um, so does this, does this mean you're still a Ranger fan or have you moved away from the NHL?
1: Well, I'm not sure I can really comment on that. Mm. We've, uh, we've partnered with the Devils, and so, uh, you know, I'm I'm now sort of torn between my uh, childhood team and my uh, professional affiliation. I mean, we're, we're friends I mean, with Keith, with
0: but Devils. we're also a Rangers podcast, so I don't know.
2: We got a lot of flack this summer because Keith Kincaid is actually a friend of ours, and we brought him on the podcast, and half the people that commented were like, why are you having a devil's goalie on the podcast? We just wanted to talk <laughs> hockey with our friend. That's literally all we wanted to do.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you got a little blowback on that one. Yeah, a lot. Budget. So we got some devil's
0: <laughs> blogs that were not happy with Keith and us. So, but you know, we're just boys. We're just friends, that's all. Um, so what was the programs like? How did you start getting recruited, especially in New York? Uh, you know, Boston and Michigan are usually those hotbeds, but New York, not so much.
1: Yeah, it was, I mean, it was wild. My, my parents, were just so incredibly devoted, and um, I played boys through peewees Wees um, for a, for a team in the city, the, the Cyclones. Um, and but then when it came time to switch to girls, there isn't an option in in within the five boroughs that's super competitive. So, um, or at least there wasn't at the time. It's it's growing now, but uh we they drove me to connecticut and then to southern new jersey um and on top of that those teams competed in the midwest league so it was tournaments out in michigan you know toronto montreal like five times the, um, as like a 12 year old and you know it was that's what it took you know we had to uh, I practiced with different boys teams and got on the ice early at Chelsea Piers, you know, before school, before anyone was there, just to kind of get as much ice time as possible um, in high school. And um, and you know was in was in touch with different college coaches um, through all throughout that, um, and was able to like you know go to different tournaments where they were they were going to be watching and, and all of that. So it was quite the process, <laughs> um, but I'm I'm you know can't. Leave any conversation about hockey without thanking my parents because it was out of this world.
0: (laughs) They obviously knew right away like you were very good because at twelve, by by thirteen, they were like, "Okay, we've done a lot. She is she good or not? She has to be good. We have to keep taking her to this stuff."
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I think uh, you know my my parents knew that I first of all just absolutely loved it, and I think even if I sucked they probably wouldn't have had the heart to say, <laughs> you know, no, we won't take you to this practice or, or whatever, but they probably went a few dozen steps further uh, because they knew, they knew I might have a future in the game.
0: So, well, they were right. Uh, so then after, <laughs> sorry, Greg, go ahead.
2: Well, I would, I would just imagine hometown kid getting to play professional hockey, basically in your backyard. Is it a pet project? Of, or not even a pet project. Is it one of your main initiatives now to make hockey more accessible for, someone within the six, five boroughs?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I have have had limited time, but I've tried my very best to to try to get involved in different projects that are going on. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, trying to volunteer coach with different organizations that are trying to open up the game to new audiences, or, um, you know, I did a panel with, with one of the... the guys who's trying to do that huge rink project up mm-hmm. in the Bronx um, and, you know, hoping, hoping all the best for that project. Cause that would be amazing. Um, and just, you know, I go to Chelsea piers all the time and I'm always reminded of, you know, my, <laughs> my beginnings playing, playing hallway hockey and uh, learning to skate there and all that. So, um, so yeah, it's definitely something close to my heart is like being a hockey player from New York and the challenges and, and all that.
0: So then, si- si- uh, sure sorry, I can't even speak. Shortly after that, you go to a small college called Harvard. What was life <laughs> like at Harvard? Was that a big change for a New York City girl?
1: Um. Yeah, so, I mean, I, <laughs> I've said this before. It's kind of funny. Um, a lot of my New York pride was, like, totally heightened after moving to Boston. Like, something about those... New England kids just really brings it out of me. Yeah, so. you're, now you're talking my language.
0: Um,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, it used to drive me nuts. When people would say like, "Oh, are you going to the garden?" or "Is the game at the garden?" I'm like, "That's not the garden."
0: You don't know. It, garden, this isn't the city that's either. Not the
1: garden. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, Harvard was amazing. It was. Uh, I, I, there's. I'm so grateful and, and humble to have gotten to play for that program with the whole history and um, for Katie Stone who's a legendary coach and um, obviously attending you know an elite institution was was challenging and really frustrating at times but um, so rewarding and um, I'm really proud of my time there um, what I did in the jersey and out of the jersey um, and also just met like the best people I know (laughs) you know I college and College hockey, in particular, is a really special, um, unique thing, and um, I still, you know, try to get up there as much as I can. Uh, actually, the freshmen, when I was a senior, are are just now about to graduate, so that's kind of a weird thing for me. But <laughs>
0: it's like your last connection,
1: um, exactly. Yeah, um, and so I've, I've been able to get up there uh, various times this year, and it's always so awesome to walk into the rink and just. All the memories and all of that is uh, is just totally, totally still there.
2: I just want to remind both of you that there is a portion of Connecticut that doesn't consider themselves part of New England, right? <laughs> yes. As someone who, as someone who grew up in Westport, it's, I am very firmly from the tri-state area, not New England. It's the Yankee. Just, it's the Yankee side. There. There's like the Boston
0: Red Sox side, and there's the Yankees, like sort of Met side. That's it's, like the It's, yeah.
2: it's anything <laughs> yeah. in. It's kind of anything east of New Haven considers themselves New York. And anything – no, west of New Haven is New York. East of New Haven is New England. There's a – it's a fine line. I, I've never once associated anything with Boston. I'm just throwing that out there, making sure everybody knows. All
0: right, we'll, we'll allow it. We'll allow it. I, I, I have two, like, totally off-the-beaten-path questions here. When you first ate pizza in Boston, what was your reaction? <laughs>
1: Um, well, I'm sure I'm. I can't remember, but I'm sure I wasn't sober when I first ate pizza. <laughs> this so, is a great lead. Uh, what were parties like at Harvard? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, just uh, Pinocchio's is, uh, or Noakes, as any Harvard kid would know it, um, is like the the late night spot for for food, and you got to get there by like one fifty, otherwise they're going to run out of pizza. And I can't tell you the number of nights that I'm like dragging my teammates off the dance floor to like go, <laughs> go to notes <laughs> to make sure we get a slice of pizza before <laughs> before it uh it closes um but you know nightlife at harvard is um is i'm sure close to most colleges um you know there are storm parties and pe- some people go to bars but mostly it's surrounding like you know the finals clubs and uh, sort of the bigger, bigger parties, um, which <laughs> you know are fun, and um, and uh, I, I had a great time. Uh, certainly, uh, my favorite part though was always the the pregame. I was always uh, a big fan of the of the hockey pregame. So <laughs> that's uh, that's my opinion. We but. luckily,
0: Sorry. Greg yeah. and I had the privilege of having four a.m. pizza, which really oh, looking now that you say it, it really was a game changer, and it was right next to our dorms. God bless. <laughs> yeah, it, it's
2: life-changing. I'm 90% sure I went to college with an allergy to ranch dressing, and I just had enough chicken bacon ranch <laughs> pizza in college that I think that allergy is gone. It's gone
1: <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Some of my teammates used to ask for um, two, two – actually two separate, like, uh, bowls of extra ranch.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, listen, you're in college, you're burning calories, you're up at six a.m. You yeah. earned it. You earned that ranch. Yeah,
1: absolutely. All
0: right. So absolutely. let's talk about your biggest achievement at Harvard. I mean, other than graduating, of course, which is winning the bean pot. Uh yes. I, that yeah. was is that the biggest moment of your career so far?
1: So I would say yes. I mean it's it's a it's tough between the bean pot and winning the Isabel Cup. Uh, with the Rivers last year. Um, The Beanpot was super special though, just because of the way it happened. Um, It was my junior year and we were hosting it at Harvard. So the women's Beanpot circulates or, you know, alternates between the four teams. So we got to host it my junior year and we were, this was the year, you know, we ended up becoming in second national championship runner-ups, which was devastating but Mm. that's beside the point um (laughs) and uh and our biggest rival my four years was bc and coming into that beanpot game we had played them once before in their barn and they beat us 10 to 2 which is like so embarrassing like we were a very very good team and that was not supposed to happen (laughs) um and they were undefeated going into that game uh number one team in the country uh, undefeated you know they are like 18 and 0 or something like that and um, and we we beat them three to two um, in, in our in our rink and got to raise the bean pot which um, you know I think to to people who don't who aren't from Boston or haven't played on a Boston team um, kind of think of it as just kind of like a tournament trophy but for the Boston teams it's you know there's more pride in that than than winning a league championship than pretty much anything except a national championship. So it was it was pretty special.
2: Uh, I I I can't imagine it because none of the teams I ever root for win anything. Yep.
0: So I, I can't. <laughs> it's the
2: feeling I can't relate to. Um, but I I guess this is where we transition into your professional career and we've we've talked with uh, another Harvard alum in Michelle Picard, your captain, and Madison Packer, who's. Probably one of the more um, louder voices in the locker room. You guys are going from defending your cup to maybe, arguably, one of the more disappointing seasons in the NWHL. Has yeah, that done would, a number on you that. mentally?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's been challenging. Um, you know, it's been it's we've had some really frustrating losses, um, and uh, it's it's kind of you know gotten harder and harder to to stay positive and keep the focus but you know i think uh as we really round the corner into the final stretch um after you know a brutal loss on monday um honestly the the energy last night at practice was actually felt felt pretty good and um, i think we had a series of long team meetings about really having a gut check and as we get to the end here um you know what what we're going to um you know whether we're going to lay it all down or we're just going to roll over um for the end of this season um so certainly it's been challenging but i feel um optimistic about about the home stretch here and um and we'll see yeah
0: so for
2: those is, that don't is know the game, oh, go on well is, <laughs> yeah for the, for those who don't know monday you guys <laughs> dropped an 8-1 contest my my question for that is Is it good to recognize that that game may have been rock bottom because as a group, you guys could just be like, all right, cool. Nowhere to go, but up from here, clean slate in the playoffs. This is where we turn it around.
1: Yeah. um, I, I think, I think that's definitely possible. Um, You know, and, and actually, you know, like I was talking about before, I've been part of a team in in college where we lost 10-2 to BC and it really was exactly what we needed. Um, And we lost like one game after that (laughs) total. Um, And so, you know, I think sometimes it can be, you know, brutal and embarrassing and all of that, but um, it can be a real uh, momentum shift sometimes if you just get it handed to you, (laughs) which we absolutely did on Monday.
0: What do you think went wrong during the game? Like uh, any, like, mistakes that were glaring was there just the energy was low was the game planning just not correct
1: um it's tough to say I mean I think that uh you know we we got I mean it's hard to chalk it up entirely to bad bounces but you know we got a couple bad bounces in the first period they scored three really quick goals um and then as we were kind of turning it around and actually in my opinion kind of kind of handing it to them in the second um just couldn't quite score but just chance after chance and out shooting them and everything. Um we they scored another, you know, kind of bouncy two quick goals towards the end of the second that really just put it out of reach. Got it. Um and so I think kind of the timing of, of those goals uh made it really tough to kind of turn the ship around at that point. Um and especially, you know, it it can be so frustrating when like <laughs> you're knocking on the doorstep and, and not able to, to bury it. So Um, you know, certainly there are things systematically and effort wise, I think. And, um, in terms of, you know, what we could have done better, but another part of it is just sometimes you get a couple of really bad bounces at like the worst possible time and, (laughs) and there it goes. So,
0: um, yeah. What was something you found yourself saying to your teammates during that practice, but that had a ton of energy?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, so we went through some, you know, quick flow drills just to get moving and then moved right into systems and just practiced. like, we spent a lot of time on the four check yesterday. Um, And, you know, I I, I found myself like the best thing I can do is just be not not not, uh, you know, like, like lecturing the team or anything, Mm -hmm. but just being loud out there, you know, if somebody makes a good play, if somebody takes a good angle or the defense makes a heads up pass or whatever it is, um, you know, a simple stick tap or yelling or, you know, tapping them on the shin pads adds to that kind of intangible energy that is so, so important. Um, and when it deflates, like you can totally feel it. You can see it. You can see it on Monday. Um, when, when that energy is gone, when the bench is silent and people aren't talking to each other, um, you just, you can't, you can't win games like that.
2: One of the things that always fascinates me is just how teams that generally have the same core from a championship team go into the next season. And it. I, I think, like, the casual fan just assumes, oh, it, it's the same group. Everything's going to go the same. But what are some of the obstacles that you guys have as defending champs that maybe uh, – the Monday morning quarterback doesn't totally understand.
1: Yeah, um, I think it's it's an interesting question because, um, you know, I think people don't uh, put in quite enough emphasis on the momentum of a season. And um, I think if you look at, you know, adjusting to a new coach, having a little bit of a shakeup of the lineup, even if, you know, your core is kind of still the same, um, and then getting off to a really rocky start, um, it's so, it's, it becomes so much harder to regain that momentum um, that we had at the start of last season that we just kind of carried through. Um, you know, I think individual players will tell you themselves that they, you know, had a hard start and it was really hard to for them to uh, get it back. Um, and, you know, the nature of, our season in particular is that we there's often long breaks before our games, but in between our games. Um, so, you know, if you, if you lose a couple in a row and then have a two week break, you know, sometimes that can be good cause you can regroup, but other times, you know, you've got all that frustration and energy and you just want to get back out there, um, but you've got to kind of sit on it. Um, so that can be, that can be really challenging too, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, honestly, we are pretty much the same team and we have everything we need. Um, And so part of the things that we were talking about in the locker room this week have been like looking ourselves in the mirror and really pointing the finger at back at ourselves and asking, you know, why, why isn't this coming together um, or why hasn't it yet? And, and what, what can I do specifically to, to help it along? Um, And what have I not been doing up until this point?
2: That makes sense. You, speaking of, I mean, the NWHL, like you said in a nutshell, has a very non traditional schedule where it's not every weekend you guys have a game, but you have had maybe the most non traditional season in recent memory that I can think of because when the NWHL season started, you were on the campaign trail down in Tennessee. What, <laughs> yeah, what, was, Kentucky, what was that decision Kentucky, process yeah. like Kentucky. for you? Oh, Kentucky. My bad. Uh, my bad.
1: Yeah, no worries. Uh, yeah, it was wild. Um, you know, I uh, it's something that I've always wanted to do, and um, it felt really important um, right now. Uh, and I I knew I I'm going to law school next year, and so I sort of knew once you get on that train, it's not too easy to hop off of it and um, and do something like work on a campaign. And so. Um, you know, I, I knew that I, it was something that I really wanted to be able to do before law school and it was a tough decision. You know, it's, it's not easy to, um, you know, win a championship and then say, okay, I'll see you guys in six months. (laughs) Um, but my teammates were super supportive and, um, actually really excited for me. Uh, and, you know, eager to hear about it and talk about it. And, uh, and that was, that was really cool. Um, but ultimately, you know, I, I just, it was something that I, I thought was really important, uh, and something I was excited about. And, um, you know, I ultimately made a, made a tough decision. Uh, and I, I certainly don't regret it. It was a, it was a pretty amazing experience. Um, and also, you know, we've gone over this a little bit, but I've only ever lived in New York and Boston. So (laughs) living in Kentucky was, um,
0: An eye-opening really experience. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, you could say that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a little, little different, um, but, but really, really awesome. I stayed with um, this couple, you know, this 30-year-old couple, married couple, who are just like family now to me, and um, you know, I've made, made other connections that uh, will last, will last forever. So, um, really, really cool experience.
0: What was your job oh, on the campaign trail, exactly? Were you just canvassing and such?
1: Um, so I was a field organizer, so I did a lot of canvassing, but um, mostly uh, the goal is to, you know, at first you do a lot of canvassing, but eventually you want to be just only have time to train other canvassers. <laughs> um, so that's what I was doing by the end of it. Was, Got it. Um, was And in fact, by the end of it, we were training the trainers, to train the canvassers. <laughs> wow. That's a, um, what, which a speaks what a to, You know, the, yeah, right. Um, and it speaks to, you know, the success that the campaign had, you know, obviously, uh, really, really tight loss, um, in the end, but, you know, the, the district was, was very tilted the other direction, uh, when, when we started and, um, our can- Amy McGrath was the candidate who was just an absolute rock star. Um, and, uh, and people were were really excited, and who had never canvassed before, never got involved in politics. Some of them had never even voted before. Um, were out knocking doors because uh, they just thought it was really important, and they respected her so much as a candidate.
2: Been there before. I guess, I guess one one question I would have is, um, how did the New York City girl with the Boston education end <laughs> up on the campaign trail in Kentucky?
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, um, so basically, I. Wanted, knew I wanted to live somewhere really different, um, or at least, you know, try try to, to get outside my comfort zone, and um, I researched a bunch of candidates, and she was in that top tier of people who I just thought were super badass, and just interesting, and smart, and like just seemed like the real deal, um, and so I, I blasted out my resume to just like a few campaigns that uh, I was really interested in, and uh, they got back to me, and I was lucky with the timing. Like uh, right when I was applying for the job, she would, had just won her primary, so they were like expanding the team. So it was really good timing uh, for that particular race, um, and I'm so glad. I feel so lucky because, like, you never really know if somebody's the real deal until you meet them. Like you can watch the videos and read their website, but she is the, like a model of a leader, you know, obviously she's a former Marine, Lieutenant Colonel in Marines. Um, but just so many lessons that I took from just the few interactions I had from her, you know, she never forgot to say thank you. She never, you know, forgot to ask what she could be doing better and looked you in the eye um, and really took an interest in, you know, her team. And just so, she was so grateful to us and she knew that, uh, she never forgot that like it takes a whole team to run something like that. So, um, so yeah, it was it was pretty cool.
0: <laughs> Mia, let me ask yeah, you this d- no, a dumb question. Uh, you're going yeah. for you applied to law school. What does that mean for your hockey career moving forward? Because law school not easy.
1: No, it's not. And sadly, uh, it means that this is going to be my last season.
0: That's what I thought.
1: Um, yeah. So I'm I'm going to California. I'm, I going to Stanford and I Jesus I Christ a year.
0: <laughs> I couldn't hold that one back sorry <laughs> <laughs> my bad I'll my bad. Um, be more I'll be more yeah. professional now sorry <laughs>
1: um, yeah so I I uh, applied actually last season and then decided I a really wanted to um, work on the campaign and be uh, wanted to, to do one more play one more season um, while my body is still physically able to so <laughs> um at the right so, yeah, age of so 24 so then i'm headed west yeah,
2: yeah exactly <laughs> yeah got it uh, yeah, as, as,
1: 25 <laughs> oh, sorry as,
2: as someone as someone turning 30 i can tell you yeah. uh you're getting out at the right time because your body starts betraying <laughs> you and i am by no means a former professional athlete so i have i have no problem your playing career is going to be over but Is there still a desire for you to be involved either in the league or growing the women's game maybe in Southern or Palo Alto?
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the very least, I'm a lifelong fan um, of men's and women's hockey. uh, And I am going to do pretty much everything that my time allows to support – uh, support the game in any way I can. Um, I, I'd love to stay involved. Um, I mean, first of all, I'm definitely still going to play pickup, so (laughs) I'll still be on the ice for sure. I don't think I can totally hang them up, but, uh, but also, you know, I, I would love to find other ways to, to get involved either in California or wherever I end up next. Um, it's super important to me. And this game has been such a huge, huge 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 that word like doesn't cover it (laughs) um part of my life so uh so it's it's important to me
0: on on your twitter you have a pinned tweet that is you winning the isabel cup with your team and it says (laughs) it says in bold letters in the immortal words of fallout boy thanks for the memories how do i convince you (laughs) that fallout boy is a terrible band uh
1: well (laughs) i think the 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 question mark there is a nod towards how terrible. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I can't appreciate you anymore.
0: <laughs> I have no more questions. Officially, my favorite player. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, it's just
2: yeah. I, I yeah, I feel I feel like the Harvard degree and the future Stanford degree, they would have had some questions if all of a sudden you were like, No, Fallout Fallout Boy's all right.
0: Yeah, under the core yeah, tree. Right. Yeah, it's okay, we're good.
1: Yeah, they'd probably rescind my acceptance at Stanford
2: if,
0: couldn't if I a, really went to Couldn't be a bigger Boy. BA fan right now. Could not be. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you uh, we, oh Greg, go on, Greg.
2: No, no. I, I was I was just sighing on the fact that I wasn't expecting Fallout Boy to come out. In this podcast, but <laughs> I, I never, never want to mention Ryan. them
0: again. That's fine. Um, Mia, when you do eventually uh, hang up the skates for the Riveters, will you come back on and talk Rangers hockey with us? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, wonderful. I'd love to. Great, we can do yeah. that.
1: Um, yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I was similar as Jimmy Vesey, so I've been following, following his career as, as he goes through you know, his his first few years in the pros. So Sometimes I, I we say nice always, things about only Jimmy. Only
0: following the Rangers. Other times, not so much because we talk about the team yeah. way too often.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I still don't understand the running joke the Rangers have where they pretend that Jimmy Vesey is the biggest deal in the NHL and I just don't know how <laughs> it happened and where it came from.
1: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure on that one either. Um, but hey, maybe he'll grow into it. You never know.
2: Who knows? <laughs> uh, Greg, any last questions before we get out of here? Um no I I would feel embarrassed to ask a nonsense question because I I I I still I'm still confused why you came on this podcast to talk with two complete idiots about hockey, but I'm that's happy so you so nice did. of you. <laughs> well, I, you're right. I, I'm not a complete... Ryan, you are a complete oh, idiot. I don't know what I am. No, I I'm something a little a... above it. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's okay.
1: One, one and a half complete idiots. That's,
0: that's the new name yeah. of our podcast. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Oh, yeah, it. All right. Mia. why don't you uh, plug your uh, Twitter where people can find you and your, all your activism and such?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my Twitter handle is at me, M-E underscore yay y-a-y underscore dench um so it's D- the oh. phonetic pronunciation <laughs> okay <laughs> of, my, of my name got it uh, yeah and uh and yeah you know you can find me on instagram at me dench as well um so that's that's where i'm at Signing all off. i'm saying
2: oh. is if you ever if you ever start any kind of company that in- involves branding if it's yeah. not known as the silent O, I don't know. I don't know where you're going. Yeah,
0: around. and also, if you don't hire us as idea guys, come on, man, come on, dude. All right, <laughs> that's, that's a pretty good suggestion. I'll, I'll put that in the in the back pocket. Awesome. There Thanks so much for coming on, everyone who's listened to the Rosie House of Hockey special podcast, brought to you by Bushwich Breakaway. Thank you so much. Maybe we'll be back next season covering the team. Who knows? Ask our, our agent or something. We don't have one of those. I lied. Bye, everyone.